Okay, so some of our conversation today covers um, some research I did about civil rights in the U.S., and we touch on slavery and the history of white supremacy in the U.S., and we don't go into it in a deep way, but we do touch on it. So if you don't have the bandwidth for it, don't listen to this episode right now. Come back to it when you have bandwidth. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I'm your host, Eliza Kelly, and oh my goodness. I, I'm I'm a little starstruck, Jessica. I've we've only met once in person. Well, I guess two times in the same weekend, and I so fondly remember it. I wish there wasn't a global pandemic and that we could see each other in person again in the foreseeable future. But alas, here we are. Thank you so much for being on Stars Like Us. It is the one and only Jessica Lignato. Well done. Ah! I can't believe we've only met IRL twice that's weird i guess that's what happens when you live on opposite coasts and also you're on social media and like super connected yeah so it it creates the illusion of connectivity yeah we get voices we get faces we get updates but it's very weird but thank you for that very kind intro uh yeah Last time I was in Brooklyn, I think, is when I saw you. I did Vice, the yes. Vice Astrology event. Yes. And then we had like astrologer meetup, which listeners may hear that and think, ooh, so cool. But it was really just like a bunch of massive nerds drinking <laughs> very conservatively and talking about like the nerdiest of astrology things. We're just deep fucking nerds. <laughs> just to get a bunch of like awkward hormonal teenagers in a room and that is what a group of astrologers look like basically I, mean, I feel <laughs> like i have to remind audiences now like this is super nerdy and you are all nerds just so we're clear because <laughs> it used to just be like uh, you know i started going to astrology like meetups and groups we didn't call them meetups at the time in the mid 90s and it would be like just so nerdy. And it was, I was like, oh, I'm so happy I'm here. I've arrived. But now it's really changed as young people are showing up for astrology and stuff like that. So it's really exciting. Yeah, but they're nerds. They're, they got to be nerds. I mean, Twitter just nerd fest. I love it. I'm here for it. I, I feel so seen like all of the, all of the deep dives that keep me up all night keep me so procrastinating. <laughs> and I, I just all of the black holes. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I don't get into Twitter that way because I am an older person. I mean, I don't want to blow your mind, but I'm an older person. And that that is definitely I, I get overwhelmed with Twitter. I love Twitter, but I really I get I guess I go into the black holes with politics more than astrology. It's just a, a lot. It's a lot. You know, social media in these days where everything is digital, it's like I, in one minute I'll be like, oh, thank God for it, you know? And then the next minute I'm like, I can't look at it again. I'm done. Yeah. So it's like, it's it's a messy, mixy environment. Yes, yes. Yeah. So Jessica, you are an amazing astrologer. You have an incredible podcast. You're also a psychic. You're also a medium. You're also an animal translator. Is that is that how you refer to it? Animal communicator, yeah. Animal yeah. communicator. But I suppose translator is a perfectly reasonable way of framing it. It's just not what I've heard before, but I like it. One of the reasons that I'm so excited to talk to you is because many years ago in one of our astrology Facebook groups, speaking of astrology and social media and a bunch of hormonal nerds, I think I was I might have been five years ago now. I remember you had posted something about 2020 transits, Pluto return, as you were, I'm not sure if you were in the midst of research or if you had just sort of found your way into an ephemeris black hole, but it was clearly <laughs> something was yeah. like, oh my God, oh my God, it's coming. And you posted and you're like, how do we reconcile? This looks really bad. And I remember commenting, being like, well, we need a change. Like things are... They, we we're, we gotta start the revolution sometime. Like something just like very youthful and with no sprinkling of a pandemic in sight, with no awareness of what it actually looks like to be in a time of complete and utter transformation. And here we are. It's 2020, and it's a it's a weird and interesting time to be an astrologer. <laughs> a few things that I really want to talk about are one why it's so important for people to vote in this election. Two, how you are sort of reconciling this astrology of this moment. 
and how can we work with it in the most meaningful way uh, while still maintaining some semblance of our sanity. <laughs> so so it's going to be a really light episode, cool. obviously. Super, super chill conversation. Nothing yeah. very serious. Nothing no. of serious consequence. Thank you very much. Yeah, I remember that. I think it was four years ago. I th- well, I guess it's close to five years ago. Because that moment when I posted, I was I posted to the Facebook group we were part of, which I don't even use Facebook anymore. But I also like I went on every astrology resource I had, and I was like, "So you guys, how are you feeling about 2020?" And everyone's response was like yours: people older and younger. Everyone was like, "It's gonna be fine," or "We need to change." And it was at that time that I actually told my partner that I saw an airborne, uh, I didn't have the word pandemic in my vocabulary, but that I saw an airborne disease that would kill masses of people. And um, of course, being a triple Capricorn, I was like, and I shall perish amongst them. He was like, don't perish, please don't do that. That's that's 12th house sun at its I finest. Mean, I mean, I don't mean to brag, but it's And like, I'm out. Exactly. Peace out, everybody. It was not long after that that I went on Instagram and in my highlights, I put together an emergency preparedness list. And it's actually still there. It's on Amazon, which I never encourage people to use Amazon, but it's like a, the only place I knew how to kind of create a, a shopping list, it's still there. So if if you're like, oh, I need a go bag or I need like emergency supplies, that's a resource that I, that's been up there for several years now. I will say that being an astrologer in these times is really complicated because, you know, it's nice to have receipts. It's nice to be like, oh, I, I called it, but it's useless. You know what I mean? It's all ego shit. And the reality is as astrologers, we don't have any power over global events. We don't have any power over what comes next. And, you know, we do have some measure of power and influence, but not over policy or what the CDC does or like, you know, we don't have any kind of like impact on the government. And because of that, I think, you know, predicting what comes next is a tricky enterprise. You know, the value of it is tricky because how does it support people? How does it make people live better, you know? So it's something that I, it keeps me up at night and people are forever asking me, I'm sure they're forever asking you what comes next, who will win the election, all these kinds of things. And, you know, all of 2019, my fucking feed was like, I can't wait for 2019 to be over. I want 2020. And I was like, you dumb bitches are going to regret that post. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, you don't want that. And similarly, you know, none of the problems of 2020 are going to magically disappear because the Christian calendar shifts digits. Right. Because it's a pandemics are not on a Gregorian calendar. Systemic racism is not on a Gregorian calendar. Exactly. I'm not even on a Gregorian calendar. Thank you. Although (laughs) I I guess our ephemeris is, but like, I remember I posted, I like, I think I fucking tweeted it or whatever at the start of 2020, this is a year of consequences. And you know, half of the people who saw it like panicked and they were like, what does that mean? But this is what it means. What we're seeing is what it means. You know, the systemic uh, impact and consequences of white supremacy and how that has to do with COVID-19 and our shit, you know, uh, healthcare policies in the U.S. and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's all consequences of things that we as individuals may not have put in place, but we are complicit because we're here. And I look forward And I think there's just more work for us to do. And that's where I think we do as astrologers have power and we have influence, which is we can support people's mental health and their spiritual health and their emotional health. And when those parts of ourselves are doing okay, or we're in an honest conversation with them, that's when we don't throw our neighbors onto the bus because we're scared. We take care of our neighbor, you know? And I think that's really what the power there's so many ways that astrology is so powerful but i think that's one way that astrology and and astrologers can have influence and impact and make a meaningful kind of contribution to the social conversation that's happening I, i also you know i'm surprised in 2020 something i was not anticipating but have really had to learn to manage is fusing astrology with critical thinking and showing that self-actualization as best as I can is is actually requires that level of criticality. And it's it's exactly to your point. It's about consequences. You know, actions have consequences. We have to think about things outside of just our own 
knowing yeah. and our own uh, our own empathetic ability. We have to go further than that and we have to use our critical thinking skills. We have to apply due diligence. We have to figure out how to look up sources and journalists and understand where things are coming from because the amount of conspiracy and misinformation and just and it, it's so destructive, you know. Um it's it it very much is, you know, it's very disturbing to me to be in so adjacent to such toxic individualism. Yeah. Which I see as another extension of white supremacy, you know. It's such a luxury to to say no vaccine for me, like Really? <laughs> yeah. And, and and also to that point, you know, the thing that worries me about vaccines for COVID is, I mean, I'm very pro-vaccine. I'm all about the vaccine, 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 slash also the quickest we as humans have ever cultivated any vaccines is four years. Four years. That is the quickest any humans have created a vaccine. And so this idea that it seems that a lot of people and in particular Americans have that will get a vaccine in the first 12 months of a, of a disease that's mutating all the damn time, it's idealistic. And so I do worry at the at the vaccines that are kind of being like, they're not available yet, but they're kind of like, they're teasing us with like, available soon at a pharmacy near you, <laughs> you know? And I'm yeah. just like, uh, I'm not going to be that guinea pig. Well, that's that's part of the, the, the strange reconciliation and what I'm having a, you know, as an astrologer, as it, with my platforms, I'm having a hard time figuring out the right tone with this because I, don't trust a Trump 2020 vaccine, but I do think that if it is possible for us to create a vaccine for COVID, that that is something we need to we need to trust science. You mean, but this is not real science no, right now. It's an so impossible we, situation. Yeah, it's an impossible situation because the amount of sort of but like except however that needs to be qualified is more than people read on social media and more than I write and more than uh, what a meme can hold. Yeah. So it's like, how do you, we have, but we have to kind of, it's, it is all of those things, yeah. you know? And it's the same with Trump and the election to me, because it's like, we, you know, I am not going to lie that I don't think that Trump is going to leave easily. I think that we have to wait until the Great Conjunction to really get a sense of what's going to happen for 2021, unfortunately, which is right at the end of the year. But I also... Is it the 21st? It's not the 7th. Something else. Saturn leaves... It's like, it's all right there. It's Jupiter into Ca into Aquarius, Saturn into Aquarius. They really meet at the anoretic degree, which is so interesting. That's it. It's like eclipse on the 14th. Jupiter enters Aquarius on the 19th. Another eclipse, no November 30th. And then the, the great conjunction on uh, the 21st. No big deal. Yeah, it just happens every 20 years. The last time it happened was the Bush-Gore election. Anyone remember Bush-Gore? Hanging chads, anyone? So, so simple. Nothing much happened. It was super easy. <laughs> no serious consequences to report. Nothing. Yeah, it's, it's, it is really frightening. And it's really hard to know. I think everything is going to get worse with the eclipses in Gemini and Sagittarius. I think we're going to see more propaganda. I think we're going to see more cult-like uh, conspiracy theories. And we also need to, you know, acknowledge that Uranus is in the sign of Taurus. The last time that happened, we had the rise of authoritarianism and strongman leaders across the globe. We had some of the worst leaders in modern history. And here we are again. We're not even at the 10th degree, or maybe we just crested 10 degrees uh, out of 30 of the sign of Taurus. And so we have kind of a lot of really uncommon or rare or kind of slow to occur uh, things happening astrologically at once that really do bring the worst of us to the surface. And, and you refer to toxic individualism or toxic individuality. And I think that's a really great frame. I haven't heard that term before because I think the Mars retrograde is really accentuating that. Yeah, it's in Aries. So it's it's all about the me, me, me. It's all about the me, my first, me first. I can't believe I have to wear a mask. That is inconveniencing me. And 
there's all of that. And then there's also the downside of all these outer planets in Capricorn for such a long time. The, the kind of psychological impact of that is I have suffered so much. I have struggled so much. So I can do whatever the fuck I want to you. So there's this way that all that Capricorn energy can lead to us compromising our humanity because our humanity has been bruised and battered. And yes. this kind of thinking is something that I want to say that's a little controversial, but you know, we, we, and I say we, I personally don't, but like millennials and younger talk a lot about boomers, like bad boomer, bad boomer, which actually just sounds like a kinky role play, but it's <laughs> not, it's actually like a social movement, but Boomers are the Pluto and Leo generation, and they were the ones who in the 1960s were the radicals and the activists that we, that like actually achieved so much. But then what happened? They achieved a lot and then they fucking suffered. And eventually they were like, you know what? I'm going to get mine because I've suffered and I've compromised enough. And my worry with millennials, Pluto and Scorpio, the next time we have a fixed Pluto sign is that millennials will be so bruised and battered from the kind of cresting into adulthood that this you're you're millennial right your generation has had to bear that it could actually end up creating a similar consequence and we have all these little babies that are now little babies born into all these outer planets in capricorn i mean they're going to be the biggest socialists that have ever lived or the biggest capitalists that ever lived and they will be the children of millennials right um so it's really an interesting thing for me because as an astrologer, what I'm really thinking about is less what will happen over the next 24 months, because so much of that is out of our control. What's in our control is cultivating the emotional and psychological tools so we don't become the very fucking things we want to critique and we see have kind of created harm, even if that wasn't their intention. You know, we are, as a society, more and more learning how impact is not the same as intent. And it's a really hard lesson to learn. I don't think it's something that anyone learns and is like, I learned it. I think it's like right. you have to keep on learning it on different levels over the course of time. And it's such a scary period on so many levels. It's such an overwhelming period on so many levels that it's really hard. You know, it's really hard to stay centered in making the best choices you know how to make and like showing up to the best of your ability instead of performing those things, which having everything online really lends itself to. So it's like kind of, to me, these things are all really connected. Um, I don't know if it sounds loopy if I've like taken it in circles, but it, to me, these things are all very connected because if we compromise our humanity and become blaming and shaming, then we are becoming the very things that we criticize and dislike and that have brought us into this fucking mess. Mm-hmm. And that's a complicated, risky business, you know? It's a complicated, risky business. And I'm sitting here with my Pluto and Libra being like, can't we all find balance? Can't we cultivate an inner relationship <laughs> that will heal us all? But of course I have that perspective because I'm Pluto and Libra, right? I think when, when we're looking at this period, you know, 20 years from now, if we, and I say we as like progressives, people on the left, people who do have the honest desire to dismantle the systems that work against the people. If we allow the struggle to kind of compromise what we truly are and what we truly believe in, then we're not going to like what we grow old into, you know? And I think that that's, I don't know, I feel like I feel like that's an important thing for us all to be tracking. And it's easier for me to track it in my mid-40s than it would have been for me to track it in my mid-30s. You know what I mean? It's like there's, and this is where we come back to like, astrology is the study of time. And right. it just like, there's, this is a really important part of astrology. It's like, as we as individual astrologers or astrology students age, our understanding shifts because our transits change us, you know? So it's just like, I don't know, I didn't mean to get too meta, but it's something that, I, that I've been thinking about a lot in the last six months. Well, I, I mean, I think that piggybacking off of that, I, I think that in a lot of ways, Trump is a figment of our imagination. He is a very real person. Do not get me wrong, but he is also the symbol of what America sort of Frankensteins into. Um, after all of these centuries of idealizing billionaires and worshiping icons and like not actually having an executive branch that is that 
different from a king. You know, this is we're seeing now what happens when this uh, illusion of democracy gets denied when somebody doesn't play it anymore because they think that they're more powerful. And if we say that they are, then they are because it is all an illusion. I mean, these are all just codes of ethics. And if we're not, if we decide on a collective level that we are changing it, then we are changing it. But that might not be, in, as you're saying, like to the best that we can do. You know, we might not be changing it in the positive way. It's it's very complicated. You know, I just gave a talk at Astrology University where uh, it was the first time I did anything like this. I did this this talk about the Voting Rights Act. That's that's what I thought I was giving a talk about. But what I ended up figuring out through the research is that not only are Uranus-Pluto transits um, consistently the triggers for uh, civil rights developments, but there's a specific degree that seems to really be a fertile point. And I, I won't like unpack all the data because it was, I, I like started off with like 25 fucking charts. I just pulled up the chart of the 25th Amendment last night and also the chart of the ratification of the 25th Amendment and that same fucking marker is in it. Wow. So there's like all, there's so much to say and I don't, I don't want to derail our conversation. Was the 25th Amendment, was that in response to FDR. You know what? I actually see this is the fun fact of like I was born in the US but raised in Canada. I didn't fucking go to high school here. So I don't actually like all the things I know about American history I've learned in recent years. So I I had this vague knowledge of the 25th Amendment. I don't fully understand it. Honestly, I am not great with history. That's not like my forte, but I've really been motivated to learn through astrology, actually. And so I don't really, first of all, I don't know. And then second of all, I'm confused why the 25th Amendment passed and then two, three years later. So it passed in 64. In 67, it was ratified. I, usually there's not so much of a, a, a time gap between those two, th- two things. So I have, like I said, I pulled it up last night. So I have more research to do. But what I'm seeing through my research is that there's these really long developing cycles of not only uh, social trends around white supremacy, oppression, suppression, power grabs, and essentially colonialism right? Which cannot be separated from xenophobia. So there's this like astrology of it, which I find to be really fascinating because for me, what it, when I started to study this, and I'm going to make this talk available for free. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it on Zodiac Vote, which I want to talk to you about, or if I'm going to do it on my regular website, but I'm going to do it soon because I want this to be like crowdsourced data. What's really interesting to me is seeing the cycles of how the colonizers create laws that essentially just protect white supremacy and oppress people, all people, and specifically and most violently and aggressively Black people and, of course, Indigenous people in this country. But what's interesting is those same planets, Uranus and Pluto, when they come in contact with each other, they don't just indicate times of oppression and of repressive laws, but also of liberation and of social movements coming to a boiling point like we had with Uranus-Pluto conjunct in Virgo in the 1960s. And in the 1960s, we had the Voting Rights Act, Act and we had, you know, all these amazing uh, bits of legislation and additionally, like so much social change. Saturn in Aquarius, also. All exactly. And it was the only time that Uranus and Pluto were conjunct in the sign of Virgo since before 580. I just got chills. Hey, right? I mean, it's just like the, the research was really just mind blowing for me because what it really clarified is like that was a fucking important time. And we now as activists and concerned citizens and astrologers and astrology students can look at the charts and I'm going to make all of them public that I that I have. Again, it was just a couple days ago, so I'm getting there. Um we can kind of use these documents as templates for planning our activism and our civic engagement and to understand that Uranus and Pluto will form a trine in 2023. And it'll kind of go off on, in and out of sign. And then 2025 through 2030, solid Uranus-Pluto trine in air signs. This can be an amazing time for progress and not just progress socially, but that progress being ratified into law, law of the land. So 
what that means for me as an astrologer is like, okay, so our, you know, kind of keeping our head down, doing the unsexy work, like getting activated, getting mobilized, getting interested, getting educated, unlearning, learning, all that shit, do it pointed towards 2023. It's three years or two and a half years away. So it's a ways away. And also it's only three years away. It's close. And so for me, what I'm starting to do is see like, okay, the patterns and the cycles are math and the math is reliable. And if the math is reliable, then all we have to do is orient our actions in deference to that math. And then it's for me a little soothing because this bitch can get really freaked out. I really can get paranoid and freaked out. And I think that none of that's going to go away, but it's nice to know that there is kind of a, a space where- A template. Exactly. Yeah. There's a template and there's a space where the astrology opens up for us. Also, if like we we are, you know, working with organizations, we're doing political actions, we're, you know, hitting the streets and nothing is changing in 2020, in 2021, that doesn't mean that it's not going to change because the activism and social change of the 1960s didn't become law overnight. It took years and it, it took violence and it took upheaval. It took a lot of things. Anyways, I'm blah, blah, blah too much, but it's something that I'm I'm really passionate about and I, I just like knowing that there's some math to it. You know what I mean? And with how much are you factoring the United States's Pluto return into the into the math? Because this is the first cycle. This is this is cycle one. This is <laughs> this is the first loop we have. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hate that. I hate a new loop. I don't want it. Nobody I don't a, want it at all. Nobody wants a Pluto loop. A Pluto. I want precedent. <laughs> I know. That is Capricorn rising on Capricorn rising violence. We're just like, no new loops. <laughs> so for me, there's a couple of things about it. The Uranus-Pluto transits are like fucking clockwork. So when I was giving my talk last weekend, somebody even shared a link and research, which I haven't do dove into, to actually the first slave ships that were brought to uh, North America or the US, I don't know if it was called the US at the time, forgive me, were also happening under a Uranus-Pluto square. There is wow. a consistent astrology to oppression and suppression. All to say, the Uranus-Pluto content, like the Uranus-Pluto connections is what I'm trying to say. I think that data stands on its own. The Pluto return of the United States also stands on its own. And like you said, there's no precedent. But we there is some precedent. You know, there is some precedent. What was happening during, you know, the period that Pluto is returning to? Well, we had smallpox. And not only did we have smallpox, but how did smallpox get passed? The government gave, or the colonizers gave the indigenous people to the land blankets that made them sick. So what's our modern version of blankets? Vaccines? Sorry <laughs> to return to that. I'm very fucking pro-vaccine again, but it concerns me. You know, that's a precedent. Uh, there's a lot of things that were happening then that I think we can already see the modern day versions of. Well, I think that, you know, it's this, the hypocrisy of the United States is embedded in its name. You know, it's never been, we've never had any sort of union. You know, in fact, from the jump, we it was divisive. The entire essence behind the United States is divisive. And I think that there's something around the bullshit that is a lot of the reason that I think that even the the black experience in America, from what I have been trying to learn and unlearn, is so particularly horrific and is so particularly oppressive is because there's also so much like I'm oblivious to it United States of America like we're in this together and it's like but that's not what's happening that's never what's happened and it's gaslighting I guess that's what I'm coming to is that the United States is is really just a lot of gaslighting and that is so much as to how someone like Trump can really become sort of the poster child of this Pluto return to me. 
You know, it's like that's what the Frankenstein ends up being. Yeah, I I think the concept of the United States is really about the colonizers being united against being subjects of a monarchy. I think that's really what the what the united part is is honestly about. And I think that essentially what the Pluto return is going to do is it's going to either find us actually turning and returning to a monarchy um, with Donald Trump as the queen and his daughter as the queen um, or, uh, you know, something else. I mean, there's no way out of this without revolution. There's just no way out of this without revolution. And I think it takes really Americans being willing to look at white supremacy as a white people problem, you know? And even as I say white people problem, there are many people who are not black or white. There are, you know, various people of color and ethnicity, and we're all implicated. You know, no one is no one is outside of this system. Everyone is a part of this system. And we have such intensity and fear and pain around all of these things that it's easy to point fingers. And it's easy to shut down and get defensive. And we must all understand that this is an opportunity to get right spiritually and to have that getting right spiritually be an action in the world and in public and not just something you do in prayer or with your therapist or your best friend. Right. Those things are really important. They're a part of it, but they can't be all of it. This is this is a time that will take all of us. And so it's like to your point of like these United States that have truly never been united in a whole hell of a lot other than like, I guess, a landmass. Unity is a great idea. The U.S. is too big. There's too many people. It's unrealistic. You know, right. And it's also unrealistic to build unity on oppression. It's impossible. Like the infrastructure. It's like you go down to the basement and you realize that all the wood is rotting. You know, you what are you going to do? You have you, who cares if you have cute little Victorian windows? Your wood is rotting away. It's there's rats dying. There's disgusting things like happening mold growing. That's the United States. And that is like we can't keep building on this. That's to me what Pluto return says. And Four years ago, five years ago, you know, that I don't think I really understood how painful that was still going to be because my progressive liberal spirit and activism has always been a huge part of my identity, which is why when I get those trolls being like, stick to astrology, it's like, don't come here. You know, like this is my social media page. Excuse me. I was in New York City on September 11th. Those experiences make you aware of what of what things lead to what things. And knowing that that led to the Iraq war was was very right in my face as a very young person. So it's always been a big part of who I am, what I care about, the language I want to speak. And I don't think until 2020 I really understood that it's more than just being on the right side of history. It's pain. It's it's sitting in the discomfort because you have to in order to really metabolize how big of a weight it is that we are trying to lift off of this disgusting rotting house that is the United States. So let me just add to that because I agree with, you know, so much of what you're saying, but I'll add not it's not instead it's and also for a moment here. I love it. It's improv fun. (laughs) and also improv this is the most diverse place in the world and there is so much wrong with this place you know but i will say there's so much right with this place there is so much opportunity uh for self-invention and individualism and as a queer astrologer uh yeah i fucking care about that you know there's there's toxic individualism and then there's the freedom to be who the fuck you are and you know there's opportunities for weirdo individual astrologers to like build businesses and stuff like that. It's like a little America. I mean, not only, but you know, there's, there's so many good things about it. And I think that this is what I've learned that it is too great a burden to bear to only notice what we hate about it and what isn't working. Because when we can fight for what we love, even while being with what we hate, it doesn't turn us into something we don't want to be, you know? And this is really important because like if we, if we like 
dial back to, you know, four or five years ago when I was like going to all the astrologers being like, what do you think of what's coming? I, you know, what I really took away is that, you know, I'm from refugees on both sides of my family. And I know very intimately that it can happen anywhere to anyone at the drop of a hat. You can lose everything. You know, terrible things can happen to you. People you trusted, your neighbors can turn on you. And, you know, Americans don't have that. A lot of Americans don't have that experience, in particular white Americans, maybe in particular straight Americans. And I I really just saw like, okay, so we can't as astrologers, we can't as activists, as caring people, we can't see beyond our own capacity to see. And our capacity to see is influenced by many things. And it's easy to point fingers and be like, in the age of the internet, there's no excuse for not knowing. And on one level, that's true. But there's a difference between reading and comprehending data and integrating information so that you can actually understand it. And as a, you know, a counselor, because that's the bulk of my, my professional history is counseling people, I just really want to hold space for this is a lot. And you can understand with your your big shiny brain all the damn things. And that doesn't mean you can hold it, you know? And that's like what we're talking about. Like four years ago, you were like, it'll be fine. We need a change. And now you're like, holy shit, this is not chill. People suffer, people die. This is not actually like chill transformation. But you can't hold it until you can hold it. And that's something that on on a like a collective level, I think is really important for us to hold space for it and be hold grace for it. because if you can hold grace for it and I can hold grace for it, then there is so much more grace in the world. And that makes it easier for people to come in. And and I really am a big believer in the call-in. Being called out is of course appropriate at times and necessary at times and certainly in situations, and also makes everyone defensive. Nobody responds well to being called out because it feels like you're being attacked and, and somebody's like saying, you're bad. And again, there's a value in it. There's a lot of value in it, but I also think there's more value in the call-in than we give credit to in 2020. It, it's something I think about all the fucking time, you know? And when I started Zodiac The Vote, which is a kind of a website that I started um, with a political strategist who's like spent the last like 15, 20 years in politics in the US, we wanted to create something that would be an opportunity for astrologers to speak, not just to fucking horoscopes, right? But to social and political issues that are relevant and personal to them. And about like complex astrology and not again, just like sun signy stuff, which I write horoscopes and I speak horoscopes and I'm not against them, but I think it's an important thing. And what we what we've done is we've created this resource for astrology, but also for voting information that's written in the style of horoscopes. So it's all TLDR. It's all like not too heavy. It's like click here to figure out this thing, click there to figure out that thing. And we have like we've, you know, big, big hopes and plans for it as a resource, because for me, Astrology is very forgiving. It's not taking you off the hook kind of forgiving, but it's, there is a math. There is a fucking, there is a a trackable, traceable story of your development, of your experience and of your capacity to grow and your style of growth. And there's something to me so soothing about knowing, you know, five years ago, I'm guessing you were preset and return. What can you do preset and return? I mean, ask someone who's preset and return and they're like everything, but you ask somebody who's post-set and return, you're like, not as much because it doesn't matter how <laughs> smart you are. It doesn't matter how educated you are. It doesn't matter how mature you are. You're going to be more of those things post-set and return. Boom. It's just astrology, right? So for me- And astrology is just time. It, it is. It is. It's, I noticed like a, maybe a year or two ago, there's like all this anger happening between younger astrologers and older astrologers about like about that conversation. But I just feel like, listen, I started- consulting as a professional astrologer when I was 19. I'm very pro young astrologer, but I had no illusions that I was post Saturn return. Like I understood what the Saturn return would do to me and it did, made me so much better. And the readings I was giving when I was 35 years old held not even a tiny candle to what I'm capable of at 45 years old. And I hope that continues to change and grow. Like let's not vilify the aging process and I guess, bully ourselves into feeling like we have to have all the things all worked out all at once because we figured it out cognitively. Yeah. And I think that to your point, there is a wisdom that comes from age and experience and seeing things and 
patterns and like anecdotes. And it's really important that as a society, we don't, but we, I mean, we live in a very youth oriented society to begin with. There's a lot, I mean, ageism is, (laughs) it really just goes back to white supremacy, to be honest. I mean, it just goes back to the machine who is capable of, who's churning out what. Older people don't churn out as much, so they are not as valued in this type of a system. Unless we're talking about old white men, then we give them Unless crowns we're talking and about old buckets white of cash. And, yes, and their and their old white sperm just like <laughs> flying out <laughs> wherever they'd like. It's so gross. I love it. Oh my god, it's so disgusting. It's so real. It's so real. <laughs> but yes, right. I mean, if but that's because old white men can. They are the symbol of success. You know, you work your way up into being an old white man. But if you're anyone else, then you have a very small, a much smaller window of when you have worth. Ursula Le Guin wrote a piece about being an an old, an old man, like an old white man. It, it was it was a really I'm sorry, I took us on a weird direction, but it is worth looking up. She wrote this remarkable piece about um, aging as a woman. And it's really Right on track of what you're talking about. I, I, I am going to Google it immediately. Google it immediately, <laughs> I say. Google it immediately. <laughs> I, I, and this is kind of looping back to why it might not be the best idea to just okay boomer everybody is because we need to also, you know, we're working in cycles and there are some folks, not everybody, but there are some people who have some really important insight that they need to share. And I think what's really interesting is that I, right as Uranus was going into Taurus, I was looking at the, those cycles, the Uranus cycles. And I remembered that in 2016, when Trump won, uh, there was some weird factoid I received of like, history repeats itself every 82 years. And it's a Uranus cycle. And of course, because that is the age when people start to drop off exactly and uranus uh uranus was square to pluto when pluto when trump was nominated elected and first took office wow so that signature shows up there too yes sir yes indeed (laughs) it is fascinating you know and this is kind of like veering a little bit from politics and into just aging but we cannot as a society say that we honor our ancestors and and hate old people that's some bullshit The reality is everyone who's listening, no matter how old they are, one day you're going to be 75 or you'll be dead first, either or, not to be such a Capricorn and put such a fine point on it, but okay. I'm with you. And you will be out of touch. You will have not been part of a conversation that's only happening on a platform that is not made for you, that you're not welcome on. We will all do that. It has happened to every generation before us. It will happen to us. That is part of life. And when we think that we as individuals or even as a group are superior, then we've missed a damn point. Now, I'm not saying that we're not superior or you're not superior or whatever. Like I'm just saying it's it's a problematic worldview. And when youth culture deems all other age groups as wrong or bad, we have a problem. Well, it's also the problem of COVID. I mean, and it's a Capricorn problem. It's amazing. It's a Capricorn problem because Capricorn is the elder. We have our, you know, we're hunched over our Capricorn glyph with our Capricorn cane and COVID is killing the elderly people. And the more we say, okay, boomer, the more we are complicit. Yeah. And honestly, it's really important to be able to criticize how people have used their power. And also, it's really important to not ignore how many people of that same generation have been fighting the good fight this whole goddamn time, which is why we have the advances we have, you know? And so I think, again, it's about being willing to be in the nuance, even when you're hurt, even when you're angry, even when you're mobilized. And I think what happens Like, I'll never forget when I first learned about feminism when I was in my late teens. And I was just like, I was discovering male oppression. I was like, it didn't exist until I saw it. And now that I see it, holy shit. And I made these cards. Me and my friends made these cards. And every time a man would harass us, we would hand them a card saying, you've offended a woman. And it was very serious business to us. I'm laughing because it was a weird, bold, pushy thing to do. And I love that I did that. But yeah, we would do that. And when you first become aware 
of an injustice. It it is so mobilizing and catalyzing. And also it is possible that some of those douches that were like checking me out or whatever weren't really. I was like looking for it. And so I may have actually like, you know, actually been out of step a little bit. And I think it's just important to recognize that we are all human and we are all doing our best. And I think it's important to stand up and I think it's important to fight for what's right. I think it's important to use your damn fucking voice and to fight white supremacy and misogyny and to unpack capitalism and to understand that these systems are interconnected and we can't really dismantle one without the other. You know, to to be against white supremacy, to actively fight anti-Black racism, we have to talk about capitalism. We have to talk about right. how capitalism is weaponized against poor white people, how it's weaponized against everyone. And in, in addition to everyone, like we have to be able to talk about all the pieces. Everything. It's like you said, it's like it doesn't fit in a meme, you know, it's we're not going to unpack it thoroughly and sufficiently in an hour long podcast. No, or in a year, you know, we're not going to learn it in a year. It's not it's not just the 2020 story. And I say that sort of ironically, because when at the very beginning of COVID in March, early March, I started to say, you guys, this is this is a 2020 story. And the irony is, is that, yeah, it's a 2020 story and it's a 2021 story. And it's also a 1913 story, you know, and it's also an 1813 story and it's also an 1820 story. I mean, it's it's a long fucking story. This is a big, big thing. And this is just I just watched this amazing documentary called Fantastic Fungi. I highly recommend it. But fungi live beneath the soil and then it's the mushrooms that oh fungi yeah it's just that it's just that little like finger that pops up but the whole system is beneath you know 2020 is just a mushroom cap i wish it was a fucking mushroom cap we should I mean, be so lucky it was a mushroom cap yeah i think i think you're right and i think you know if anyone is listening to this and is really worried my advice is get determined find ways to mobilize yourself uh, if you can, check out Zodiac the Vote, check out whatever it is that resonates for you, that makes it easy for you to activate, but do something. And don't just do it for yourself and your friends. Do it for other people. Like consider people who are in a different demographic than you, whatever your demographics are. And if you find that you're really defensive about any parts, I mean, we may have said things wrong. We may not have been you know, perfect about any particular thing. You might simply have a different opinion. That's great. You know, let that mobilize and catalyze you to do your own research about history or current politics. Let that mobilize and catalyze you to do research into astrology. And I think that this is where, you know, we can kind of push off of each other's ideas. And instead of have it be a kind of mechanism to like school other people, instead be like, I'm going to create my own fucking content. I'm going to, I'm going to write this story. I'm going to learn from people who I think are smarter you know, or whatever it is. And right, right. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to perfect it. I'm going to improve it. I'm going to enhance it. Yeah. Critique is great, but it can't be our strongest tool. You know, when it's our strongest tool, then nothing changes. We just sit there like pointing fingers and I think it's an important step and stage, but one that we must not lose ourselves in. And I say this because I believe it, but in particular, I say this because we are recording this during Jupiter, Pluto, Saturn, in Capricorn with Mars square to it. And it's very tempting in this period to just point fingers at people and tell other people what they've done wrong. And, you know, that's not where you know, it's not enough. It's, it's not a place to get trapped or stuck. Yes. I, I think that for me, I, I'm, I'm coming back to one of the, the earliest words that we sort of looped around in this podcast, which is consequence, accountability. You know, we need to be accountable and actions have consequences and we need to allow space for that two-step at the very minimum process. Yeah, at the very minimum. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's so much and within it all, we will all make mistakes. We will all fail. And I think that's, Again, coming back to like my counselor's heart, it's a lesson of Saturn and Capricorn and Capricorn in general is learning how to fail with grace, learning how to learn oh, from wow. failure yeah. instead of to be like, I failed at this individual thing and therefore I am a failure. This individual right. person doesn't like what I said and therefore everything I say has no value. This person doesn't want to fuck me and therefore I'm unfuckable, whatever it is. You know, I think it's really about learning how to fail with grace is, is like 
the purest form of adulting, really, you know? And it's like when people really critique boomers, it's because of a lack of, of humility, which is Pluto and Leo. It's a fixed sign. What are you going to do? So we really must make sure that we ourselves don't become that thing. All of it to say, I think, I think that, um, you know, we've dropped some like heavy themes and hopefully gracefully. And I, I just, you know, we're recording this on a day where the astrology is really intense. So, you know, hope, hopefully gracefully. Is the, yeah. it's, always, it's always my hope is like, you know, does the intent and the impact match up? And if not, how can you learn from it? And I think it's scary and it's hard and it's worth, it's an inquiry worth returning to over and over again. Jessica, I so appreciate you having this conversation. I mean, really just on a personal level, because it's really, it's, it's very soothing to speak to someone who is, who has been in the space for as many years as you have, who has seen the transits, who sees how serious and impactful this is, and is, is very gracefully willing to expand the universe even more to allow all of this to be true. Because I think that that's like, we just have to let all of the things be true, you know, even when they, they're contradictory, even when it's like, but that wasn't what I wanted to say. Like, it's okay. <laughs> it's true. I mean, thank you so much. I've had such a lovely time uh, getting to hang out and also just chat all the astrologies and it's, you know, let's just keep talking. My dude, let's keep talking about all this stuff, me and you, and also all of us, like, just really using astrology, not just for like, does she love me, love me not, but also for like, what is happening in this fucking world? And how can I be a part of the solution, you know, to the problems? How can I activate and and do what's right and understand that our spiritual integrity and astrology and activism, they're all connected. Yes. Right. I mean, if we're thinking about, I I think spirituality without without activism is pure bigotry you know it it's it's there's no difference between that and the mistakes of this rotting country's yeah. forefathers and it's not mistakes i mean they're very intentionally we could we could loop all around again capricorn style but i just want to thank you so much jessica thank you thanks so much 